Sport on on SAFM. So maybe if you'd switched off in uh, December or so, you probably would have missed this. Uh, but if you were not, then I'm sure you've been following the story of Nicolas Lamini, the pro cyclist uh, who I mentioned was injured and had a broken arm. And uh, we are now joined on the line by Mr. David Capellas, the director from Norton Rose Fulbright South Africa Inc. They've chosen to represent Nicolas Lamini in this uh, case here that uh, was widely reported on, on social media. Mr. Capellas, good evening. Thank you for speaking to us sir, on SIF. Good evening to me, sir. Firstly, how's Nicholas doing at the moment? The last we heard from him was the statement that he released, I think, towards the end of December. Uh, to be fair, Nicholas has been discharged from hospital. Um, as you probably know, he has uh, undergone surgery um, because he suffered a uh, rather severe fracture of his upper arm um, and it required surgery for the insertion of a plate and screws, um, but he's been discharged and he is uh, at home and recovering and he uh, has started physiotherapy today um, and he has a long recovery road ahead of him, Um, but he will be uh, having follow-up medical examinations with the treating doctors uh, to see what his condition is and his prognosis and where to from here. Yeah, and he did say in that statement, David, that um, he wasn't sure if he'll be able to cycle again. What, what does it look like? Is it promising? Uh, to be fair, at this point, uh, he's unable to cycle because he's unable to wait there at all on his arm. Mm-hmm. Uh, he uh, he obviously has to uh, see how this fracture of the of the humerus, um, which is the bone in the upper part of your arm, how it heals. Um, and depending on how the recovery goes with physiotherapy and biokinetics um, and other um, practitioners, uh, he'll have to see how he can get back into cycling um, and how he can start training uh, properly on a bicycle as opposed to on a training cycle, which doesn't require any weight-bearing or arm activity. As as Norton Rose Fulbright South Africa Inc., why did you decide to take on this case on Nicholas's behalf? Uh, in short, to be so, we were approached by uh, the team uh, with whom uh, Nicholas is contracted, and um, we agreed to take the case on. Um, and we consulted with Nicholas. He was happy that we do so, um, and on that basis, we agreed to do it. Mm. So, just to be clear now, uh, what is your mandate then? Our instructions are to uh, consider fully the uh, incident that happened, the legal ramifications of the incident, to advise Nicholas fully on his legal recourse following the incident, um, and to pursue any uh, recovery for damages at this point, um, and to consider but not necessarily pursue any other proceedings, for example, any criminal proceedings. But that is something which is uh, being considered uh, but not actively pursued at this point. What did you make of the statement that was released by the guys at the Table Mountain Parks there that Nicholas injured himself when it was clear for all of us to see in the video what happened? I think the video speaks for itself. Um, I think that the fracture of the arm was not in any way caused by Nicholas. Um, I think it was 
caused by the uh, really fairly brutal assault on Nicholas, uh, which I think um, was unjustified on any basis. Uh, and I think that any suggestion that he was the cause of it is without any basis whatsoever. And in the days after that incident, David, a lot of cyclists have shared similar stories about their treatment at the hands of those rangers. Is this something that you can use to, to build your case? Or, and, and also now, does this story become more than just about Nicholas? Is it a bit bigger than maybe you thought initially? I've, I have followed a lot of the comments that have been made by members of the cycling fraternity. There are certainly a lot of stories during the rounds of experiences that other cyclists have had with the rangers in the Table Mountain National Park. Uh, some of the stories that have been told, and I must, I must just stress at this point that these are stories that I've read uh, on social media, um, but some of the stories are of um, fairly rough, unfair treatment that cyclists have suffered, um, but that is something which we are going to have to consider. You know, it may point to a pattern of behaviour on the part of the of the range of staff at the park. And that is certainly something that we are going to have to take into consideration, and it may well affect the course of the of the case as it progresses. And according to the to 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 the, to the guys at the park, they're saying that Nicholas didn't have a permit to enter the park. Is that correct? Uh, it's debatable whether Nicholas in fact needed a permit. The oh. signage at the entrance to the park doesn't require or doesn't stipulate a my activity permit to be acquired by a road cyclist. Um, but I must stress that even if that were correct, mm. uh, Nicholas's position really is that you know if a cyclist doesn't have a permit, there are, um, there are consequences of not having a permit. Um, but on any basis, it does not uh, justify the treatment that was meted out to Nicholas. It doesn't justify an assault. It doesn't justify the uh, physical manhandling um, that he received. It doesn't justify the arrest. Um, and it doesn't justify the extreme, uh, the extreme conduct that, that he was subjected to. They have instituted their own investigation. They've suspended the, 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 the rangers uh, that were seen in that video. Have you had any feedback from them, or is there a time frame? I'm unaware of any time frame. I am aware that uh, Sand Parks um, has instructed a firm of attorneys to conduct an independent investigation. Um, I believe that the attorneys are pursuing that investigation. I don't know how long it's going to take, um, and we will follow that. We will monitor it, and we will ensure that we uh, receive a copy of the report pursuant to that investigation as soon as it's ready. Finally, David, it's Olympic here. Nicholas is an Olympic hopeful. If he doesn't make it because of his broken arm, does that form part of your legal claim? Absolutely. Um, to be said, this is this incident has happened at a at a critical time in in Nicholas's career. This is a very big year. It is the Olympic year, as you say. The Olympic kickoff, uh, if I'm mistaken, if I'm not mistaken, it's around the 24th of July, yeah. which is only six months away. 
um, it is uh, critical for a cyclist who's competing at this level to be training on a daily, ongoing basis at a very high level. And this kind of an incident can uh, very severely disrupt those training um, schedules. Uh, it also has the the potential to preclude Nicholas's participation in other major cycling events, such as the Tour de France, which happens in, I think, June this year, mm. um, and other major cycling events around the world. So potentially it has uh, it has an enormous effect on Nicholas's cycling career, uh, but we will have to, it's very early days, and we have really have to see how his condition improves, how he heals, what his prognosis is, when he will be allowed to uh, resume training and effective training, and how long it's going to take him to get back to the level that he needs to be in order to to participate at that level. So, yes, uh, it does certainly potentially form a part of a claim for damages uh, that would form part of a claim for loss of income, but it's it's early days. Okay. Well, uh, we'll we'll follow we'll follow up and uh, so that we can update our our our, our, our listeners. But uh, all the best and well done for taking on this case, uh, uh, David and your and and your team. And we just hope that the truth and justice will prevail here. Thank you very much to be. It's a pleasure. Thank you, sir. That's uh, Mr. David Capellas, Director at Norton Rose Fulbright South Africa Inc. There representing Nicholas Zamini.